And I don't know. I've been liking it. Like, I've been having a good time. It's fun. It's just like, I may have bought into it because I like the characters. You know, I like Nightwing. Mm-hmm. And the Robin in this is Tim Drake. Um, you know, I love a bow staff. So, like, swinging around as Tim and using my uh, bow staff and stuff has been fun. I don't know. It's been, a, it's been fun. Somebody asked me if I was going to play it, and I asked them if it was free. But <laughs> when they told me that it wasn't, I said I think I'd wait. <laughs> Until it is. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I'm, just, I'm sure, you know, I got Xbox, so I'm sure maybe it'll come Welcome back after a small break to another relaunch. We're your host. I am martial arts extraordinaire Shang Chi, and I am a big badass himself, Teth Adam, Black Adam. Oh yeah! I bow to no one. <laughs> we love it. <laughs> Boom! You know, had to pull him out there. He's had a good. How are you? How are you? Oh. <laughs> I'm doing well. Yeah, start with you. Um, How are you? Okay, I'm doing okay. Um, I was we paused last week because I went to the wedding, and I know the question has been on everyone's mind. It was not a dry bar, so shout out to them. Oh, I know that's right. <laughs> it was the bar yeah. was very wet, and so we got we had a good time there. Beautiful <laughs> ceremony, loved the love, had a great time. So yes, um, how are you? I am great. Um. I took that time and ate pizza and played games. <laughs> I've got the new Gotham Knights game, and I saw people oh. like, you know, it has not been getting great reviews. No, mm-hmm. but and I originally wasn't going to get it, but uh, my dad texted me and was like, "Oh, I want to get this game," and I was like, "Well, okay, I'll get it and play with you. Like, we'll we can play together." And I don't know. I've been liking it. Like, I've been having a good time. It's fun. It's just like. I may have bought into it because I like the characters. You know, I like Nightwing Mm -hmm. and the Robin in this is Tim Drake. Um, You know, I love a bow staff. So, like, swinging around as Tim and using my uh, bow staff and stuff has been fun. I don't know. It's been been fun. Somebody asked me if I was going to play it, and I asked them if it was free. But (laughs) when they told me that it wasn't, I said I think I'd wait. (laughs) <laughs> until it is <laughs> yeah like I, I'm, just, I'm sure you know i got xbox so i'm sure maybe it'll pop up on xbox game pass at some point in time and then i might indulge but i don't think it's something i'm going to actively spend money on what i would love for them to do is to expand on the roster of characters you know at catwoman or harley well she's already in it as a villain but maybe make her playable or something i don't know I think you can really like do some stuff with it. I like the mechanics of it. It's fun. It gives me like a more polished version of the Avengers game. I was literally about to ask you, how would you compare it to the Avengers game? Yeah, I think it's, in my opinion, I didn't think the Avengers game was worse than this one because (laughs) I would have to be honest. 
I like to change my <laughs> change my weapons. <laughs> okay. The Avengers, the Avengers game was kind of rough because I did experience a little, way more glitches with that game than this one. I've only played Gotham Knights for like a few hours, um, but I haven't experienced any kind of glitches or anything like that at all. Um, so the Avengers game was worse in that way, and Avengers clicked down because they were using like the MCU roster from like five years ago. Mm, that is true, and they're still so, adding people from that roster to the game. <laughs> right, like they hadn't added anyone that like the fans actually wanted to play with at that point. Like, where's Carol? Where's Wanda? Where's like you know the characters? Yeah, the girls cannot wait to play with Wanda. Right. You throw a magic character in anything, and people. Start you know, and I've been having this thought about, like, speaking of Wanda, because she's a very powerful character. We, I always think about how we talk about like the type of characters we like, and we go, I go towards more of the street level types, because I think about these powerful characters, and one of the biggest ways they get neutralized is their powers get taken away, and after their powers get taken away, they're useless. Let's say you're in like a warehouse. And you got 50 ninjas coming from you at all sides. And the helicopter is three minutes out. So you got to survive. And it's you stuck in there with Wanda. What's she going to do? <laughs> well, you know, Wanda, I guess. A Wanda who don't got no power. Oh, a Wanda. Yeah. Because, because they know how to neutralize a witch for whatever reason. So she's sitting here powerless. What's she going to do? She can't really fight. Like... No hand to hand really fighting like that. So run away? I don't know. It's disgusting. But um, no, go ahead. Continue. Help, I guess I don't know. <laughs> but I think I think Gotham Knights is it's not nearly as bad as the reviewers were saying. I don't know. I've okay. Been a good time. I've been having a good time with it. So that's what I've been up to. Recently. Well, shout out to game Gotham Knights. If anyone else is playing to have a good time, let us know. Yeah. I've been really starting to play my PlayStation 5 more, you know. I bought it and I was like, once I get this, I want to become like more of a more of a gamer. I was always I think consider myself a pretty big gamer. But like now I'm like if I'm going to have the system, I want to carve like specific time out where I'm mm-hmm. actually playing it a lot more. So mm-hmm. it's okay. I love yeah. it. And if y'all see me out there on Fortnite, you can add me. I'm pretty good. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> okay. <I'm> pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so let's go ahead and get into the updates of the week. So there wasn't too much going on. There were some rumors about some casting choices that, like, I don't really want to add too much fire to those rumors. Like, I don't really support them. One of them was Adam Driver meeting with uh, Marvel and how he could possibly be Dr. Doom. I hate that idea. <laughs> so he um isn't Doom like supposed to be older? Doom is like, you know, Reed's age. However a old you want to make that in well, is that not older? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He's like he's not old, old. He's like forty, I guess. Like forty. Nah. It depends on where they just tell the story. Like when he was first getting his powers, he was like in grad school. Mm. I don't know. Reed feels like one of those. You know, like you know, he some people had the like white 
on his it, it makes him look old. Like you see some people and it's just like you've been old my entire life. And I think that is what I look at when I see or what I think of when I see Reed Richards. It's like you're just like this old guy who's just been old. Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily yeah, when he got his powers, he was young. I would assume they are not doing an origin story. They said that. So like I would assume they don't have to go super young, but they won't go super old either. I don't know. Either way, when it comes to Doom, Doom is Romani. And like that's pretty integral to his story. Oh yeah. You can't I don't think Adam Driver is Romani. I don't think so either. So that's why I said we're really gonna talk about that. But um <laughs> so I didn't want to add too much fuel to those fire about those rumors. But I did want to maybe go on a rant. I don't Ooh. know. I love Ryan. I wanted to bring something up, bring something to the table. Okay. We could talk about it. Come on, Destiny Child. When it comes to comic books, and obviously as they are being translated and adapted into other mediums, and usage of characters, right? That's what I want to talk about right now. So, how much of the character's usage is, like, company-mandated versus how much it is the writers of the projects choosing who they want to write? For example, we talk about a lot of times characters end up being stuck in their quote-unquote 90s version. You know how we hate talking to, like, (laughs) bringing people back to that. But how much of that is rogue? Um... How much of that is because that's what the like studios and all of them want to have done, or how much of that is the writer saying this is the version of the characters that I want to use, you know, or you know, I'm gonna write my favorite character, so that's just what it is. Like Sins of Sinister is coming out soon, right? That's gonna be this new event for the X-Men. Yeah. And recently there was an interview and Gil and said that, you know. The question was, what was going to be the most, who were going to be the, like, you know, standouts for next year or across the X-Men line? And Gillen's answer was, I think, Sinister, because it's in the sins of Sinister and Emma Frost. Now, obviously, those are two of his favorite characters. So are they being pushed by him or are they being pushed by, like, the company? And why aren't, like, other characters being used right now? What do you think? Um, I think it's a character by character basis. Honestly, you know, I don't got no, I have no insight into who gets picked and whatnot. But I think of something like Rogue, how you say she's in the '90s costume. I think that's always going to be something that's company mandated because I think that is just like that is Rogue's most iconic look. I think she's had a lot of good looks, but I don't think anything has surpassed that. It was like that with Betsy in the uh, hand costume. (laughs) Yes, I know. Everyone does. It was like that with Betsy in the hand costume for a long time. Like, you could put her in anything else, but she always went back to that until the anchor suit came around. So, like, Rogue in the 90s suit, that's just something that's like, it's going to happen. Yeah, we might put her in something else for a while, but that's going to come back. Um, I meant more so, like, not necessarily the costumes, but I meant, like, their status quo. Rogue in the 90s was very, you know, mm-hmm. the naive girl, don't touch me. Oh, my gosh, I can't mm-hmm. control my powers. Um, now, obviously, she's much she's much more confident in herself. She's 
has mm-hmm. control of her powers and they move past that. The suit ain't going nowhere because that just is hot in itself. Yeah. But like what would be worse for her would be going back to the that version of herself in the 90s. Like how much of that is because of a writer wanting to take a character back there versus a studio? Um I don't know. I don't think I don't I don't know if I think Rogue's gone back there though. Well, I I can't think of too many characters that have gone back there in that sense. That wasn't more so just some more thing of the writer saying, I gotta like build a new foundation. And I just gotta like take you here for a quick second to remind you of what it is, and then we'll push it forward. I think of something in the case of what you were talking about, like with Sinister and Emma. I think that is just the writer using his favorites. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think that is just like, oh, y'all letting us kind of write whatever we want to write. I got a story for these two. I like them. That is what it is. I really do just think it depends on the character. As for like who doesn't get used, I don't know. That's also kind of a thing it, because I think when I like to listen to a lot of creator interviews and like um, how they talk about their processes and when they're in these big groups and their summits and things like that, and they talk about how they have all the characters out on like yeah. tables and things like that. And they kind of just divvy up who goes where, who goes where. And it's like, you think about a lot of them being the main characters of the books that you've read for a very long time. And you imagine, okay, my fave is on this table. And it's like, okay, where does she get pushed? And it's like, okay, if she gets pushed out of something because we don't have a place for her now, how long is it before we put her somewhere else? I think it's more of a thing of just, what's that old Marvel slogan? Wait and see. (laughs) That's what they like to tell you. (laughs) Just wait and see. And that's it. I think they'll eventually always come back. I think you might have to wait a year or so, though. Now, in terms of when it comes to like the big two books, right, from mm-hmm. DC and Marvel, DC characters are mostly solo characters before they're mm-hmm. a team character, versus like the X Men, where they are like team characters before they are all individual solo characters. Now, in the terms of like, everybody's living on Krakoa and there's an island or whatever, anyone can kind of be turned into a solo character. Do you feel as though there are enough, like, A-lister, quote-unquote, solo characters amongst the X-team to kind of be spread out the way they are now? Because it seems like they all are. Like, you know, we've talked about it before where the, basically that, like, that 90s team, like, they can't be that anymore because that was... 30 years ago, like everybody kind of has to go on and do something else and characters have been moved into different positions and new lanes and stuff but now it's time to fill in those lanes that they occupied before with the next group of students um, or characters do you feel as though like they can do that now because like the A-listers can leave and the the new characters can kind of sell the books or do we still need the the A-listers to come back and be together. I I would like to believe that they are able to like be a part and do it, and that you can build these new teams off the strength of one or two. 
I think that you can have a, I would like to say that you can have a gene and a Cyclops and an X-Men and have that be built out and have a, I don't know, Storm and a Sunspot and something else and build a team around them. I do think it's going to come down to like who you put on that team. I think you can't have too many. I think you still got to pull like a few like C-listers. Are there enough of those to go around? Oh, yeah. I think a lot... I, mean, feels, I don't know. To me, it feels like they aren't using those C-listers currently to fill the other spots. Like a bunch of, like, randoms. Who do you... Well, I guess, like, give me, give me, give me a book as an example. Um, um, let's take X-Men Red, for example. <laughs> I knew he was going to pick that one. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take X-Men Red, right? It's okay. got Storm mm-hmm. and Magneto. Okay. But like Storm Magneto, right? I feel like they were the biggest names mm-hmm. in that book. Um, and then after that is what? Cable? Cable and Sunspot, yeah. Cable and Sunspot? Yes. And then the rest is all new characters. Yes and no. Cora and Fisherman are newer Araki characters. Yes. Um, a lot of the Araki characters, I guess. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but then you've also got like Frenzy appear sometimes. But I, I don't know. I think. X-Men Red is kind of a different book, though. Mm. That's not the... Despite it being called X-Men Red, it was never about the X-Men. <laughs> right. Okay, well, then what about Marauders? Marauders had Kate... Kate Bishop and Psylocke. Sell that book. Is that and enough? Now, I mean, not for this, that group. <laughs> <laughs> but like, truly, I'm wondering now. Like, you know, <laughs> can the aliases all like be separated like that and fill it in? I don't know. But like, I also this is like, I don't know. Kate is like the the outlier there. Bishop and Psylocke too have like the cool factor, and mm. you know. She has the look. People know who Bishop is. Kate is just... I guess Kate's popular, though. She's been in the movies. She's been in the cartoons. People know who she Mm -hmm. is. I just don't think she's that interesting in the books. Do people, like, really run to read books about her? (laughs) I saw that shady tweet once that said, (laughs) when Kitty Pryde, like, phases through something, do her fans just, like, cheer? (laughs) 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 <laughs> I just and I've been thinking about Kate a little bit lately too. I don't think the whole captain thing is working for me. Yeah, the like pirate captain theme. I'm not into it. Kitty's just not for me anyway. But her her aside, <laughs> I feel like could they have filled that cast with, you know, Siren? And I don't know other like. Oh yeah, 
stuff like that think, instead of. I do think they would work. I think those are the characters who kind of got to like be in that position. And but I, I think. Or like, think, you know, if we talked about X Men Red, why isn't Cora like Monet, or like, I don't know. Oh, Monet. You gotta put her somewhere. Do people like her? <laughs> she's she's an escort. Well, she she pops up a lot in the background. Oh yeah, she stuff. does. Yeah, she does. She does. She's a cameo queen for sure. But I mean, like on the main roster, do you think that those C level characters like Monet and mm-hmm. the rest of them should they start? Yes, but. I don't know. Again, I think a lot of the X books right now, I'm not going to lie to you, I think a lot of those books are very much like we use in our favorites. <laughs> okay. So it is and I more think, so like and I think Monet, using their favorites. I think Monet was Hickman's favorite, but he wasn't necessarily everybody else's. Uh, or she gotcha. wasn't necessarily everybody else's. I think other people are like Monet, but it's kind of like, oh, we also got Emma. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm going to use my favorite, and that's Emma. Yeah. That is wild. I've been recently just thinking about Lorna and Rogue and any of my other kind of favorite characters, Wonder Man 2, outside of the X-Books, and, like, what is it that will get them in something? It seems as though a lot of writers recently are writing their favorite characters versus, like, Mm -hmm. writing the characters. Um, well, in terms of Rogue, I think you'll always be fine there. Rogue kind of gives like fan favorite. You know what oh, I'm yeah. saying? Sure. The white streak, the villain. Turns She'll in. always be around. Someone will always want to write Rogue. So I don't, you know, she got that little uh, mini series with Gambit popping up and Destiny, like that family oh, drama. I'll be there. That's, that's, <laughs> that's a big drama. Lorna, Lorna's a different case. That's a little bit more difficult because you got Wanda in there. I know. And <laughs> that's a tough hurdle. Uh, jump. I <laughs> jump. Um, as far as Wonder Man, I think you kind of got to get a little bit real about that one, and you need to accept the fact that both Wanda and Vision, I'm sorry, and also Beast are going to be involved in whatever he does. I've accepted Beast. I so I take three names. <laughs> <laughs> I know that they're probably going to have him pop up somehow because they are starting to sprinkle in mutants. I wouldn't be surprised if like, he finds her unconscious amnesic body after that mountain collapsed on her. Uh, that's annoying. That's fine, <laughs> I guess, because they never end up together anyway. But it's it's annoying. I know because she she tells thing. him no, but he just keeps yes. on pushing. It is like wow. No, every time he moves on, like the every time they keep having to bring it back up because it's they move on. I don't know. I've seen a lot of panels of Wanda like Simon. I see you like a brother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was in Uncanny Avengers, and um, he just and that was great. Then he moved on <laughs> right after that. He moved on. Actually, after that, he ended up getting trapped inside of Rogue, but that was some dark times for everybody involved. Mm-hmm. But um, you just need to accept that those three are coming for him, and it's a big deal. But it, it'll be nice. I'm not too worried about them coming into his story because he is going to be appearing in the MCU. So, like, I know he's going to be getting content, which is another thing that I'm we can talk about a different time, and that like a lot of comic appearances really do depend on. 
when they're going to be doing in the MCU. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Synergy. It controls everything. It's truly a shame. I don't know. I just wanted to... Everyone out there listening, let me know what you guys think. Like, what your... are Certain characters aren't used. Do you think it's, like, more of the a company mandate kind of thing? Or do you think there is just a lot of writers kind of using their favorites or... Just don't fit the story. We know what y'all think. Um, let's go ahead and take a little break and then we'll come right back. Everybody, welcome back to the comic section of the show. And um, we were discussing this because I had quite a large pool this week, <laughs> and those of you did not. <laughs> so if you so comic book recommendations, send them to me, please. Yes, please do. He's looking for new things. He likes superpowers, cosmic characters, and magic. So. I mean, don't. <laughs> <laughs> Despite anyway. what he might tell you. But let's go ahead and get mm-hmm. to this week's books. Um, I have a couple mentions, of course. Aquaman Andromeda number three from Ram V and Christian Ward came out. Christian Ward came out, excuse me. Um, that was the finale to this book. Very beautiful horror cosmic Atlantis, Manta, Aquaman. It, I, it was fantastic. It's Ram V. I don't know. I'm not going to say nothing bad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Batman the Night also and I believe this was the final issue this has been like that story of Batman through his younger years like going through his training I thought it was really fun Ghostmaker showed up you know I'm Ghostmaker Stan so I was here for that uh, Defenders Beyond number 4 also came out how Inweave is telling like this really interesting story this issue had like all the team wrapped up in a alternate reality and Blue Marvels was interesting because his involved him actually denying the president's uh, Edict back in the day that like told him to stop being a superhero. He like didn't oh, do it, so and going. then yeah, he kept going, he and that was also, denied it. Yeah, he was like, no, I'm not doing it. He was like, I'm still gonna oh, do no, it. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And so that resulted in him. Um, he actually stopped the Kennedy assassination, and then ends up running for president and wins. And like that's his little future, and so it's like really. I I also this issue made me realize that I love those. Um, those type of stories. Like, I think about the Terror of Trigon arc in Teen Titans when he came and he put them all in these alternate realities and they were, like, got mad, had to kill themselves. Like, I love that's them nice. figuring a way out of that. It, like, really gets me going. Um, but all the characters had to go through that. His was interesting because at the end, when he rips his self out of it, he's like, you know, I'd rather live my life as it was than some crazy historical fiction. And it's like, I don't know. The crazy historical fiction was kind of hit, and I think I might need a little spinoff miniseries of that, because what you did was not good. <laughs> so, that was a fun issue. Um, Avengers 61 also came out that continues to just be, like, really big, fun, super heroics. Jason's Aaron's run is coming to a close soon, so I'm sad. I'm going to miss it. I didn't realize how many of my faves are, like, actually in this book, but... Yeah, it was for you. It, like this is an adventure thing for me. She Hulk was there. Blade has been there. Thor's been there. Jane Foster's been there. Um, Man Thing's been there. He's been fun. Natasha was there. Cap is there. I'm here already. Moon Knight was there. 
you know, Echo's there. She's the Phoenix. That kind of got a little weird, but like she's there. It's Heroes crazy. reborn. Yeah, that's still a thing. I thought Jean yeah, was gonna wow. take it. I didn't think that was gonna last this long. The covers were beautiful. Yeah, Every yeah. cover involving her as Phoenix was beautiful. The story is a little weird. I was kind of hoping Jean was gonna take it back during her axe issue, but I guess that's not happening. I think it would just make a lot of people a lot happier at this yeah. point. We'll see. She needs it. But getting into the books of the week, we're going to start with X-Men number 16. That comes from Jerry Duggan and Joshua Kassara. And once again, as I say, year two is taking it. I I love all of that. (laughs) I wouldn't say all of that. Here you go. You don't even see them. Like being together. Year two? Yeah. What do you mean? We got a conflict. We had Scott. I mean, Jean them talking to fighting. each other, liking to each other. Oh my! Yeah, this is exactly what the, specifically. Let's not. Let's that, not oh, what you the want? The team is falling apart. <laughs> exactly. This is what you want. This is what you wanted from year one. You wanted them fighting. You wanted them arguing. You wanted conflict. Havoc is being built up to betray the team. I will say that Dark Web is coming, and he is going to betray them for Matt, as he usually does. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate the buildup of that. I appreciate the little banter between Firestar and Magic and Magic trying to play Mean Girl. However, I need them to stop acting like this is first time. This is Firestar's first time on this rodeo. She's been with the X Men before. Mm-hmm. She's been with the mutants before, actually. During that, I kind of really hope that this doesn't become like her thing, where that she's constantly being picked on, being an Avenger. Like we get it. Like get serious. Magic, okay. <laughs> but anyways, that's fun. Um, Love Forge and his like sinister ways as he is with Sinister and like just being shady. And I feel really bad for Caliban. You know, I've said it before. Caliban is like a character that I really enjoy for some reason. He's like one of those D-listers that's close to my heart. And his story is so sad because I feel like he is one of those who's constantly being used by like the bad guys and being changed. Apocalypse. Um, like stuff like that he's being mutilated he's being abused he's getting killed i think about like those early x-force issues he was like one of the mutants who got killed he got killed during messiah complex um and but it's crazy he keeps on back because all he wants to do is help mutants that conversation he had with forge and forge was clearly lying like you know i told you you can use your powers to help somebody and doesn't that feel good and he was just like yes it does and it's just like oh my gosh Forge. <laughs> but Forge is also really cool, so I'm gonna let it slide. <laughs> <laughs> it was cool to finally see, and this is what I've been talking about as far as like the X books not really even talking about Krakoa at all. Um, it was nice <laughs> to finally see like some real estate plans and like to actually mm-hmm. see the buildings and things that would actually be on Krakoa because ever have <laughs> and that was really nice outside of those little huts that everybody like sleeps in we never really saw like yeah. the island and how everything kind of was being built out and we actually lived there that was really cool to see hmm. um, that'll be interesting yeah, if it's like a precursor to some uh fall of x stuff too to be like okay this it's just like whatever we had is broken down before it already had the backup plan with our new building <laughs> king <laughs> that would be interesting. Um, 
year two was kind of struggling against this Pero. I mean, he was very strong. The one was taking it when they were handling things like this, but you know. I mean, they were fighting like goons with guns. Oh, and we got a girl who controls metal. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. It sounds I'm like sorry. someone isn't um, fully. They were also getting beat up, beat up by the Hellions. So. No, they didn't. My girl was uh. fine. <laughs> she, she, she did just fine um, but you know I don't know how love well this roster is going to do with the brothers fighting each other and magic not paying attention like yeah, she's, magic is once again proving why she doesn't deserve a lot of the roles that she has but I wouldn't go that far she beats ass but like mm-hmm. I do think she needs to cool it on like the the fire star shade she's going she to get her face burned off she's not that strong anymore why not? They do some with her powers? Uh, with the um, Ark of New Mutants. And like her powers aren't tied to Limbo and stuff like that. Oh, that reminds me, Midnight Suns number two also came out this week. And that was something that happened when the team fought Doctor Doom and like magic came up to her, him to try and like attack him and she lost. He told her, he was like, your infernal energy seemed diminished. You're not as strong as you were before. Oh, wow. So it's like a thing. She's clicked down. Oh. Is it because she's just, like, no longer tied to Limbo? I think so, yes. Well, okay, she can learn how to repower herself. Like, you know how the magic do. I'm so it's... You know, well, oh, I guess she does. Whatever. She does no magic now. <laughs> she's, she's, she's learning some powers. That's good. I'm sure they'll repower her with something better. Um, I, I will say that this, like, arc ending was kind of a shock to me. I'm sorry, this yes. ending... I was not expecting that to happen. Um, I will say I'm not sure if I'm interested, though. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna keep it all the way real. Oh. Like, I was not expecting that ending, but I'm like, okay. I was disappointed at the ending. I was excited for Darwin. I am a I am a certified Darwin fan, and I was hoping to see him at the end. The shock twist of it being Little Miss Laura still alive there, did catch me off guard. And I just felt like it's going to be more about Sync than her. So, yeah, good for them. There's two Lauras. She is, offici- <laughs> she is officially Wolverine, though, baby, because, like, she's getting the Wolverine treatment. She's done, like, multiple books. She's got her flashback mini. There's an old version of her, and there's going to be a young version of her. She's taking it. Yeah, she's Wolverine. When you become Wolverine, you get the full, the full package. That's why you. That's why I tell people, you gotta get your favorite characters around a Wolverine. <laughs> that <Okay. helps. laughs> it is what it is. You wanna sell? Wolverine yeah, is popular. I don't know. I thought I, I thought it was interesting. I'm interested to see where it goes and see like how this affects the whole original thing about like Krakoa and the resurrection process and like there being two people and what happens when you resurrect somebody who's not actually dead and like how you're going to go about that next. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how they kind of resolve that issue. Um, and again, to see, I really hope that at some point that the teams like characters start to like interact more with each other so we get how they feel about each other rather than just a uh, conflict point to move the story along. You no. Know, like of course we expect Havoc and 
Cyclops to fight. They brothers. They always fight. But like, but now you get Jean being nasty in the background too, and you hear her real thoughts. Like she like, oh, he need to get off this team, <laughs> and it's like, ooh, <laughs> it's like ooh, it's like she ain't never said that. Like two teams. I need I need another team that also has like their own problems. Mm-hmm. I need more more of the X Men. No, no, I like year two. I think they're taking it. I'm interested to see how year three will be affected with the fall of X coming. Be voting soon in like two months. You'll be a new character. I hope some of my nominations made it. If they do, you guys, I just want you to know Dust, Risk, Hub, Wiccan, Scorn. These are all the people who you can be voting for. You think they would put Zorn on here? I hope so. He's so cool. Either one, preferably the one with the blue flame head. I've been wondering who they're going to have on the, like, the ballot now. Like Armor will probably be on there again. Third time's a charm. Maybe honestly, time. I was about to say, honestly, they should just put her on the team. Like, just, she can be one of those spots that we don't vote for, but, like, she gets voted in or something like that by everybody else. Like, just do it. Monet might be on like, there don't, again. Don't leave that up to the people. Yeah. Because she's not going to win it. <laughs> <laughs> what would you rate this issue? Oh, I would rate this issue a four out of five. Love down, love the art, love the interactions. Ready for more. I would rate this issue a three out of five. I had um, a solid time. It was solid. Okay, that's fine. Moving on. Crypt of Shadows, number one, came out this week. Um, this was a horror anthology from Marvel, and it featured stories from a few different writers with a couple of different stories. And I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't really like this. And, you know, I love me some horror stuff. And it had a lot of my favorite characters in it. Moon Knight popped up. Um, Elsa Bloodstone had a story. The What's Daughter of Blade. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that. Like, I genuinely found that really funny. <laughs> 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 Anyways, um, so like there's uh, a little thing in between that is done by Victor Stark and it's written by Al Ewing. He's kind of just like narrating this different stories that are happening, like, oh, you know, in ghost stories, this happens, or you know, a girl goes down a bridge and whatever, something like that. And throughout that are the various stories. So one of them is from, um, Danny Lore, it's about Brielle, Blade's new daughter. Hated that story. It was so <laughs> cringy. The dialogue was like so bad. It gave very much, hey there, my fellow kids. Like, do you remember how I used to talk about the Falcon series when they introduced that new Patriot boy? And I used to like send you the pages of them talking. And what did he talk about? Jay Z and Beyonce or something? Oh my God, it was awful. Cringy. It was bad. Yeah. It was bad. This is what Brielle gave. And honestly, it like really turned me off because she has the miniseries coming up that's going to have Blade in it. And it's like kind of strange because Danny Lore also wrote one of those Blade one-shots, um, the one during Death of Doctor Strange. And I love that. I thought that was oh, like yeah, really good. I remember you said that was like one of his better <laughs> I was like, oh, this is amazing. But I was like, oh, if this is what he's given with Bri- 
Brielle. I was like, oh, I don't want to read this. So it's like going to be kind of conflicting because I think Blaze obviously supposed to be a bad. So I'll check out the first issue, but I was not impressed with this story. And like Brielle as a character, everybody knows I was here for Blaze's daughter. I remember like when that got announced it's back in the day. Silence. But <laughs> Tiffany would have been cute too. But I really did prefer like the design and aesthetic and name of Fallon that they have for her. I'm not really digging Brielle too much, but I don't know. I'm gonna try it out. This was not my good, a good first foray into her, though, for me. Um, the Elsa Bloodstone story was, like, kind of strange. I didn't think the character voices were done very well. Elsa's known for being kind of, like, quick, witty, snipey, cussing. She gave, like, these very long, drawn-out monologues. It just didn't feel weird. Johnny Storm showed up because they had to, like, rescue Spider-Man, who had been turned into a spider. He felt very naive and new. There was a Morbius story. Okay. Um, there was... Yeah, shame on that meme. There was a story from Werewolf at Night, and Moon Knight pops up in that, but Moon Knight felt very off, and his character voice was weird in that, too. Then the final, there was another story about, like, X-23 and Man-Thing getting locked in this eternal battle because his pheromones set off a trigger set for her, and then she kills him, and he start, his empathic ability start building off her rage, and they're just locked in this for, like, billions of years. And it was like, okay, that the art was cool on that, I guess. But I, I was I was kind of disappointed by this. I'm not going to lie. Um, I hope that it still is successful because I would like these things to continue for Marvel. I've realized, again, a lot of characters that I like are obviously street level, but a lot of those street level ones also play in the horror genre, and I do love horror comics. So, like, if we can continue to get little specials like them, continue to build them up, I'm always going to want to see more of Moon Knight. I'm always going to see want to see more of Elsa um, and Man Thing. Morbius, not so much. I just don't see it for Brielle, I'm going to try and root for you, girly, but you're making it hard. Overall, I will probably give this like a two out of five. There were some nice art bits inside. I'll give it that for sure. Um, next up, a story that did have some good Moon Knight. I mean, yeah, it was Moon Knight number 16. And that's from Jen McKay, Alessandro Cucuccio. And every issue, I feel like I've been saying, like, this is like my favorite issue of the series. And I don't think this one changes it. Um, <laughs> Jen McKay. I feel like you've changed. You've you've really like come turned around on this Moon Knight series. It was it yeah. wasn't all the way there when we first started. It, it, it <laughs> wasn't. <laughs> you know, it wasn't. Them first few issues, it wasn't all the way there. <laughs> it was rocky, but no, it's really come around. I really appreciate what Jed McKay is doing with the characters in here. Reese and Soldier are kind of the new family that he's built up, and they go to confront somebody who's telling them about the Tudor, who is the vampire crime lord who Moon Knight's been fighting against, and basically just tells him about his plans and ambitions, how he wants to like really broaden his reach as like a crime lord of the vampire world. And like, he wants to go to Chernobyl to meet with Dracula and all of these other things. And reading it was so interesting to me because I was like, this is such a good vampire story and Blade is nowhere to be found. Which, because I'm hoping that they do eventually team up. But you know, I've also been talking about how I've been reading a lot of Blade stories. And I was like, Moon Knight is getting like the best vampire story and Blade has had nothing but horrible. It is so interesting and funny to me. But I'm hoping they connect That's sometime. Funny. That team up is um, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Especially with like Midnight Suns being a big thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's popping. 
And but like the issue is good, we deal with that. We kind of meet like some other interesting character. Hunter's Moon goes to fight two of the assassins who Moon Knight fall earlier, and it seems like they actually kill him. And that's going to be a message that they send to Mark. So like I'm not sure, but you know, Konshu, his avatars love to die and come back. So I don't really think that's the last we've seen of him. Um, I'm really loving it. I'm wondering if McKay ever plans on bringing in some of Moon Knight's old crew um supporting characters back marlene frenchie gina crawley that whole crew he's mentioned them a couple of times before but obviously we haven't seen them the daughter and i just think it would be really interesting to see them interacting with reese and soldier because these are two characters who i feel like mark is being a lot more open and honest with than he's ever been with them in the past and like just seeing the dynamics of how they shift and like how he's grown as a hero would be something that i'm interested in seeing so crossing my fingers for that but all in all, I would give this issue also a four out of five. I think it's really good. I think Jim McKay's doing great stuff. I'm like hoping and praying for a long 50 issue run for this because okay. he deserves it. And it's time. It's like good Moon Knight. I feel like a lot of Moon Knight runs can be a little like up and down, kind of touch and go sometimes. Uh, Bendis was downright bad. But this one's like solid. And I feel like it hasn't been solid like this in a really long time. And it deserves so that's that. And our final book of the week is Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings, number four. And this comes from Jean Luen Gang and Marcus Toe. And let me tell you something. Marcus Toe, it is like night and day reading <laughs> and like seeing how much better his art fits on it than it did on a different book that he used to do. And it really shows me that, like, his characters need action because he's great at movement. This entire issue, basically, Shang-Chi gets kidnapped by these big, giant alien lizard gremlin monsters. It's funny because he's on a date with Delilah, his ex-girlfriend. And she's like, you know, what life-changing thing or, like, massive thing is going to come and stop our date? And as soon as she says that, these lying gremlin things pop up. And they're like, Shang-Chi, we need you to come for this tournament. And she's like, yeah, I kind of figure <laughs> So he goes and do that because they take the Ten Rings from him. And so basically they say that they kidnapped 10 other martial artists throughout the Marvel Universe. I was about to say the MCU child. Um, the, the Marvel Universe. And it's honestly just like a bunch of like kind of the C or D list martial artists that we have. So we see the cat who's been a rival for um, Moon Knight before we see Lady Iron Fan we see a bunch of other fun people so that was cool to see and they're all the Asian heroes as well so which is like super dope and they all get locked up in this tournament they're each given one of the ten rings and whoever fights gets the next one and then they're just going to battle in this tournament to see like who gets them and it's like really interesting because Shang-Chi is like why are we even fighting these are mine like this is who I am and they're like so why are you scared of them why are you scared to use them and go to their full power? So, no, we're going to see who it is. And then one of the monsters that they fought at the end of last issue possessed one of the girls. She managed to get into the tournament, or the monster possessing her managed to get into the tournament as well. So he teams up with the cat. The issue ends. They have some cool fights throughout it. It's fun. It's a tournament issue. It's Shang-Chi fighting. Like, I don't think you want anything else. Yeah. We all love a good tournament. Okay. Turn it, the, the Game of Rings is what they call it. Okay. It's hot. It's hot. Um, I really enjoyed this creative team. I'm kind of upset. I saw that in the January solicits that they are relaunching the book again under a new monitor. This is like the fifth time. 
Yeah, it's like getting a little ridiculous at this point. But <laughs> and it feels like it also kind of spoils the story because the next volume is going to be called Shang Chi, Master of the Ten Rings. So it's like, oh, oh so he about to win the tournament. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, cool. <laughs> it's just like, okay, like, I kind of figured he was anyway, but it's like, this is also just confirming it. But regardless, like, I just don't think it's is something it the that... same creative team? Same creative team. Well, the artist is going to change. But, like, literally, that's all that's changed every single time. It's just been a new artist. We're still continuing. Like, we're, the first one was him getting the rings. This one is about him having the rings and now having to fight for them again. And then I guess this next one is going to be about him having them for the... Second <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, and so I understand what it's doing in terms of like the storytelling, but I feel like in terms, I, I would love for Shang Chi to just get a long volume. You know what I'm saying? Like I think that's something that really sets the tone. I think when you keep relaunching characters and going to this number one, people start to get that feeling of like, oh, I don't need to do this. I'll just wait for the next one. Or they just start getting overwhelmed by how many times they have to keep doing this or like what else is going to change they get knocked out of it. And it's like, oh, well, if this is ending anyway, I'll just move on to something else. So I feel like when it's continuous, it's a little bit better. And I think Shang-Chi has that or is gaining that readership that can sustain him for a little bit longer. Like at least let one get to like 20. Yeah, especially I thought that they were going to do that with uh, Shang-Chi, like the the main, the first one. The main, the first one. <laughs> I didn't think they were going to keep doing this. Yeah, so we're going to relaunch, but I'm still going to stick around for it. I think it's a really good book. I've really been enjoying it. I, like, honestly, it's kind of bumping Shang-Chi up in my list of favorite characters. Oh, like, wow, he's okay. always, again, I've always said he's always been someone I've been interested him, yeah. in, like, in the fighting, but this is the one, this book is the one that's been giving him the personality, the story, the history, the characters, and, like, really just making him feel a little bit more human, and I appreciate that. And it's like, oh, yeah, I'm here for it. Why wouldn't I like you? You fight. <laughs> yeah, he beats ass. <laughs> like, all the time, consistently. So that's been cool to see. Um, I would definitely give this issue also, like, a four out of five. I highly recommend it if you have not gotten into it. Again, this is the only issue four. You can get into this and still be ready for when it relaunches again in January. Okay. And those are the books of the week. All right, well, then that go ahead and takes us over into the book club section. I guess we're just going to call this, like, AR Club. Let's just, for now, let's call it AR Club. We'll be either mm-hmm. watching or reading something, keeping up with us on that. And we're going to be switching over into watching. Um, and now we're going to be, since we just read uh, the new X-Men run, and sorry to the new X-Men fans out there, um, they didn't quite get me. <laughs> maybe, we'll, maybe we'll see next time. But uh, now we're going to be switching over to watch something, and uh, we're going to be watching Wolverine and the X Men. So uh, I think that's available on Disney Plus. Um, I think in other places too. I haven't watched this in a while, so this will be interesting to see. Um, I haven't either. I didn't like it when it came out. I remember that. There was a lot of Emma. A lot of Emma, so <laughs> so we'll see how I feel about it now. I remember back when I watched it, when it was coming out, I think I was just liking the content, like it was X-Men content coming out, so I was excited for that. Um, no, I distinctly remember like not liking that show at all. Like from the first oh. episode, I watched it, and I was like, oh, I don't think I like this. And then as it continued the story, I, w- I honestly was not into the whole like 
it being Wolverine and the X-Men of him like leading the team. And then I don't mm-hmm. think I enjoyed a lot of the character designs. But we'll see if that changed. I do remember liking that one episode where I think they were in the future and like Bishop was in it and Hellion was in oh, it. Oh yeah. That was hot. Yeah. Yeah. Like that episode yeah. I really liked. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> I, think, I think that episode is really great. I do remember I watched that clip often of like Hellion using his powers and stuff out there. You know, psychokinesis. It's my fave. And, like, and Firestar was in it, too. She was. Originally, I remember reading um, some behind-the-scenes stuff that that was supposed to be, like, a Justice Firestar thing, but they decided mm-hmm. to use Hellion instead of Justice. Oh, that makes more sense. They talk about Firestar on, like, the mutants. Justice really don't. No, don't do all of that. Okay. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> before we go down that road, let's go ahead and take a break, and then we'll come right back. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another watch. As we end off the episode this week, we talk about the grand, the fantastic, the illustrious Justice Society of America movie that just came out this past weekend. That's you changing the title. (laughs) It might also be known as Black Adam to some of you other people. It stars (laughs) Dwayne Johnson, Noah Centino, Quintessa forget their last name. Swindell? Swindell, I think. Yeah, Swindell. Swindell. And Viola Davis makes a guest appearance, which is like really exciting. Pierce Brosnan as uh, my fave, Mr. Dr. Fate. He looks really good, too. Um, shout out to Viola Davis and Margot Robbie, because we often talk about the connectivity of the DCEU and how it's basically paper mache, but like they are <laughs> the strongest pieces of paper mache in there, okay? Truly, they're straight together. I'll take for that. Letting you know that they are here and they have been here. And somehow, mm. some way, all of these people are connected. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever kind of way you want to make it up in your head, <laughs> that's how it works. <laughs> it's good to know. So that was good. But um, going into this, you are a Black Adam fan, yes? I am, yes. I do like Black Adam a lot. I will admit I um, haven't read a lot of his like older stuff, um, but I do consider myself a Black Adam fan. I am not reading his current miniseries. I, as people have heard on this show earlier, I tried it and was not <laughs> the biggest fan of the way that the, um, I think his name is now White Adam, that character, how he was being written, so... Um, oh, Malik. Yeah, I've seen some of the pages of him floating around online. Yeah, so like, kind of skipped that part. But yeah, I'm a Black Adam fan, I think. Yeah, I like him. Okay. Um, so I was going into this excited for it. I remember, I remember what now? 12 years ago at this point? How long ago? It was a long time ago when they, when they cast uh, The Rock as Black Adam. Um, and I remember at the time thinking that was going to be a great idea because like, it's The Rock. You know, I saw the stature and everything. Um, so I was excited for it back then. As we gotten closer to this movie now coming out, I told myself that, you know what? Um, my expectations for this are at a, this will be a movie starring The Rock. So take that how you will. 
And going into Hollywood's hardest working man. Going into it, that's where my expectations were, and coming out of it, that's what they were. Like <laughs> this was a movie starring The Rock, and if you like those kind of movies, you will like this one too. <laughs> if you don't, you will not like this one at all. Um, I don't know. I think you know, everyone I thought, likes The Rock movie. I don't think I've ever heard someone be like, "Oh, I hate The Rock," or "I hate his movies." They're fine. No. But then I think people will find them mediocre and just like kind of cheap and not very like there's no weight or like anything behind it. It's just a rock. I think they know they're in for a good time. Mm, it's the rock. <laughs> <laughs> I think they know it's gonna just however you feel about the rock. Whether you like his charm and char- uh, charisma or you don't, I think. <laughs> That's what's did, you get. See, did you see that clip online of them like crowd surfing this baby, this like newborn baby? <laughs> <laughs> and he gets to Yes, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I was like, why are y'all passing him this baby? Like, <laughs> And it is a very like a, like freshly born baby, like <laughs> fresh out the pack, like no more than yes. a few weeks or so. <laughs> he held it um, was older than this baby. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's amazing. Rock. Like everyone likes the rock. You know you're in for a good time. He brings good stuff, and like this movie was no different. It was fantastic. Uh, I loved it. He brings the rock. I don't know if he always brings <laughs> quality. <laughs> So, take that and, I, the, and another thing I do, I like that The Rock is racially ambiguous enough that he is able to navigate in and out of so many different roles of like ethnicities okay. and like really just let's like about that. transracial, <laughs> very transracial. Let's talk, let's talk about that. Let's go straight into that part. So we all know this movie is about like, you know, um, Black Adam or uh, Teth Adam, as he's called in this and as he is in the comics um, and his rise into becoming Black Adam freeing the people and everything. Now, him being from Kondok is very important to the character, but Kondok is not a real place, right? So technically you can cast, I guess anyone really, because Kondok is not a real place. However, (laughs) Kondok in the comics is very obviously coded to be Middle Eastern and it's near Egypt um, because uh, Black Adam get his powers from Egyptian gods. Um, the people in this movie in Black Adam <laughs> are all Middle Eastern. Like they, <laughs> everybody, <laughs> they did, they very intentionally cast most of the cast to be Middle Eastern people, <laughs> except the lead of the movie is not <laughs> Middle Eastern. It's The Rock. Now, <laughs> I think that's a little problematic in my opinion. <laughs> so why was it okay for them to make sure that everybody in this movie was cast to be Middle Eastern and we're going to make sure we do that, but not the lead because we need the rock to sell it? I don't know. I now, granted, he is the producer of the movies and he may have like, technically it probably is his movie. So he probably was like, I'm going to make it if I could be the lead. So I get that. But at the same time, he probably should have like, 
Picast an Egyptian person, or like you said, he's just racially ambiguous enough and lighter skinned enough, <laughs> but just enough brown to kind of be whoever. They said we're gonna have. He said he was a Scorpion King before, so <laughs> you could hear it. Like Scorpion King, he's sometimes been a black guy. He like sometimes gives off like white tan. Here he's given Kondaki. I love it. <laughs> wow. Um. So yeah, I don't know. I did find that very interesting that he was able to just kind of like, I don't know, Navigate. get past and that. Like, no one, <laughs> yeah, was just going with it. I was like, yeah. <laughs> you black Adam. We believe it. They in the. I thought, but he did a good job in the role though. Like I feel like I'm not the hmm? huge black Adam fan. I'm obviously familiar with him from like his time with the Justice Society. Um, and some other comics that he's appeared in. And I get like, I feel like the Rock, so the basis of the aggressive kind of like standoffish guy, I did enjoy the aspects of after he met the uh, mom and the son, he like gave him the catchphrase and he was trying to match the catchphrase with like, while he was killing the bad guys. I actually chuckled a couple of times with the one. He was like, tell him the man in black sent you as he like dropped him and he fell under the car. <laughs> I, I laughed in the theater. <laughs> um, so there were a lot of little times like that that I really did like. Yeah. You know, I liked a lot of the action set pieces and stuff in this, too. Obviously, everyone knows I'm a big, if you've been listening to the show, you know that I'm a big fan of the the energy flying brick character. So, like, anytime he was flying and punching stuff, I was going up, zapping the lightning out of his hands. I was uh, definitely going up. And he was tearing them up. He was, like, killing people. Like, Oh, yeah, I was with it. He, he was getting away with a lot. Like, shout out to them. I guess maybe they didn't, I don't remember seeing blood. So no, I think that they. I've heard rumors that they originally wanted this to be a rated R movie, um, but they probably realized that he's going to be doing a lot of killing. So if we can take the blood out, we can maybe get away with a PG thirteen, so we can get it in front of more people. Because he was like in that first scene, he was ripping people's arms off. I loved it when he was beating people up with with other people. Yeah, that was, my that was good. <laughs> I could have done without like a lot of the slow mos. I still felt like we were grabbing some oh, yeah. of that like Snyder influence from that, um, and it was they a little bit overdone. I, I think the really only times we needed it was when Cyclone was on screen. Yes, did not need it at the end of the film when he was breaking out of that prison and was slow mo fighting those uh, guards and stuff. I thought that was a little bit overdone at that point. Um, I did find it interesting that they used Inner Gang. I was not expecting them to be used in this. Inner Gang um, in the comics are the, it's like a, basically, a, it's in the name. It's a gang, they're intergalactic gang. <laughs> and uh, they pretty much, they have this like teleporter or they usually like, you know, get contracted with other aliens and they go out and gain technology from other planets and use them on Earth to like, you know, rob banks and be a gang. So I wasn't expecting them to be in this, but that was pretty cool to see. Um, I had no idea who Sabak was. Y'all know I don't get down with the mystics, so I guess that is a <laughs> an actual character. <laughs> um, so he, uh, being like the other actual villain of the movie, was a curveball for me. And I actually thought he didn't look that bad. Like, I didn't think his CGI yeah, was that bad. Uh... He gave me Trigon, uh, Trigon, Trigon feels a little bit too. I was like, oh, like if they could do this, like they can make him look really good if they ever decide to bring him over here. Honestly, when I was watching this entire movie, I kept thinking, oh, this would be dope as a Titans um, movie. Like if y'all could do this, 
You you could just Titans now. One thing that I did feel about the movie is that it felt like it grabbed a lot of influence from influences from past comic book movies. Like the entire time where we were in uh, Hawkman's lair and like we saw the plane going out, I was like, oh, this is giving me the X-Men movies of the 2000s. Um, obviously, like you would get some Snyder influences with a lot of the slow-mos and things like that, which we got to talk about Hawkman in a second. But go ahead and finish your thought. Um, you know, I thought the, like I said, the action pieces and the, the fight scenes were really great in it. I thought like... That was really cool. Inner Gang's power in it. I didn't know about this Eternium thing. That is new for Black Adam. Excuse me, I don't remember him having, like, you know, his own kryptonite, but that was kind of fine. Also, I will say that they kind of, they kind of Disney-fied his origin a little bit. Um, he was a lot more ruthless in the comic um, in the beginning, like his original origins. Once he got the powers of uh, Shazam, he just was like, I'm going to kill the Pharaoh because... I should be the one that's ruling everybody. So he went for the throne killed him. And then I want to say it may have been the new 52, or maybe right before that, they like updated his origin where, and like in the movie we saw it was his son who ended up getting the powers and he transferred them to his dad. In the comic, it was his nephew. And the nephew had the powers. And I think he also gave them to Black Adam. And Black Adam like killed his nephew so that he could have all the powers for himself um so they kind of changed it for the movie to make it his son and that his son like gave him those powers he didn't kill him for them which i don't know yeah i think the the movie version is i guess a lot more easier to get behind you know Mm -hmm. um than the comic book version so to some Yeah, you got to make them likable. So, like, I think I like the update. It wasn't too bad of a departure. They could stay still, like, you know, nailed his ruthlessness once he became Black Adam because he was not not cutting any corners or using doors. Agreed. Yeah, he was messing up everything. I also really did enjoy the whole aspect that they kind of tried to get with the political implications of the American heroes coming into Condock and saving them and how they wanted to Oh, she cleared. Yeah, <laughs> she did. She, she shut it down a little bit. I didn't like her, though, so I was still against her. I liked her I when liked she cleared. Her. When she cleared Hawkman I, and was like, where were you? We have, we finally get our own superhero, and now all of a sudden you show up. Like, y'all weren't here when Inner Gang was here. You weren't here doing any of that, and all of a sudden now you want to be the Justice Society? I was like, well, if he's a superhero, then I let him stay. But he's not. So, nonetheless, I had some issues with the Aldous Hodge Hawkman portrayal. I think that they did a really good job with Hawkman and showing kind of like how he also has a commanding presence. He's not also like afraid of anybody. He's going to be fight. He's going to be aggressive as well. I didn't like how they did the entire heroes don't kill thing. Hawkman is not running around screaming that every five seconds. Like, Hawkman will kill you. That's mm-hmm. kind of a thing. But I get you have to have somebody have that, but I don't know. It just wasn't done for me. It also gets a little bit annoying after a while because, like you said, she did clear him with that whole thing. These people have been terrorizing them and taking them over, and you haven't been doing anything. And he can't come in and, like, kill them? No. He's like, come on, yeah. Be serious. Be serious. Be serious. <laughs> but other than that, um, I did still like everything about him. I, I hope we continue to see more of him and with a more comics accurate costume, he can take the little chest plate off and we can take just have a harness. 
Um, I love the right, bass. I'll go ahead and be honest with you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, Aldis is is he a great actor or is he just fine and I don't care because sometimes the line delivery that he was giving it was very like a lot of the moments felt like he was delivering the lines as if oh this part is going to be in the trailer so it would be like <laughs> like randomly someone would like at the, when they got to the when they dropped off uh, Black Adam to the um, to the uh the Suicide Squad like base thing towards the end of the movie, and that white lady walked up to them. He was like, "Oh, crazy to see you here," and like the way he said it and the way he posed, it was very like. So that, that. was weird to me because I was like, "Am I supposed to know who this white lady is?" Like, was she yeah. doing something else? She? And I just like <laughs> missed it because I felt like it was like a really big deal. Like she came up with all this attitude and like, "Yeah, Waller sent me," and da 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 da, and it was just like, "What's your name?" Yeah, who are you? I kept, I literally in my head was like, all right, Lazaric, like, pull up your DC knowledge. Maybe that was somebody's <laughs> daughter or something. I don't know who she was supposed to be, but I, I was like, is she gonna come up again? Maybe like she's something for a future movie. The Rock has been very vocal about everything that's been happening with this movie, and he has let us know that there's going to be more. That's how I learned about the uh, the, <laughs> the extra credit scene. <laughs> Okay, he's doing it like a month before the movie came out. Like, he's sir, stop the, talking. At the premiere on the red carpet, he told everybody. <laughs> he's like, yeah, this is going on. It's like, sir, stop talking. Um, but in terms of all this acting, I, I think he's fine. Some of his line delivery was fine. Was, I don't know if he's. <laughs> I don't know about the actor. I think. Um, I think he's done better in other stuff. Like, I liked him in the show Leverage that he was in. I liked him in The Invisible Man movie mm-hmm. that he was in um here again i thought it was like adequate he's acting with like the rock and noah centino so i'm not really expecting <laughs> too, too much. much you know mm-hmm. um i think it was a little stiff at times pierce brosnan i thought was like really good as dr fate the suit looked good he did take off his helmet a little too much for my liking which I kind of assumed was going to happen, of course. But mm-hmm. he put it on and he got to work. Ooh, Real hot. Yeah. Real I think hot. I might have to do some deep dives on him because I really do like Dr. Fate. Not magic, yeah. but whatever. Remember when you were just saying, like, like, like 20 <laughs> minutes ago, how you didn't like magic? Fate is an exception. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. I'm allowed to have one. Okay. You got a couple. But anyway... <laughs> Dr. Fate was good. Again, Quintessa as Cyclone, I really enjoyed that portrayal. The, po- the way they did her powers looked so good. Like I was a little afraid. I won't lie to you. The no. way they did Cyclone's powers, initially, like when they first had them like jump out or whatever and do that whole fight, like sometimes in a lot of superhero movies and like their live action adaptations, there are certain powers that get animated, and then there are certain powers that gets the what I like to call the telekinesis package, which is <laughs> it don't matter what their powers actually are, they just always operate like telekinesis. So <laughs> I was afraid that when um Cyclone came out, like we saw her like cyclone up those those metal beams and throw them at him. I was like, okay, this is given telekinesis. Then all of a sudden she threw up that like windshield and I was like, okay, I hope she actually does like wind 
things. And we saw that later, luckily enough. But I was afraid that she was going to get the telekinesis package. No, she looks good. I'm excited for more of her. Like, that's the doll right there. They did good with that casting. I'm a, I'm a Cyclone fan of the comics, so that was really exciting mm-hmm. for me. And Adam Smasher, I enjoyed him. He was giving more of the rookie of the group and, like, kind of new to it. But I enjoyed it. You always got to have one. He gets big. I found him a little annoying in this. I won't lie to you. I'm he... kidding not not the like plucky rookie thing like that's totally fine i think he could have that would have shined a lot more in a jsa movie where he was like amongst the whole roster and doing that kind of stuff but here mm-hmm. it felt like kind of forced and like a a reminder that oh don't forget adam smasher is also a part of this cast so we got to show him doing something where he messes up and i don't know it felt forced sometimes his like plucky attitude just felt random I loved it. I support mm. <laughs> And his suit looked really good. I will the say suit, that his too. powers looked great. They did a really good job with that, but you know, I'm a sucker for it. I don't know. Uh, the entire JSA has my support. I will be standing for more. I hope to see a couple more like in the future. The Rock is saying this is like the renaissance of DCEU. We're <laughs> back. We are here. Um, we can get to the post credit scene at the end. You know, Waller comes up to Big him. Blue. She, oh, even before we get to the uh, post credit scene, I did love at the end of Black Adam where after they save everybody, he's sitting up on the throne and they're like, how does it feel? And he flies up and destroys it. Literally, we were in the theater and as soon as he destroyed it, I said, ooh, no thrones on a rock <laughs> I thought the same thing. <laughs> I was like, yeah. When he was sitting on the like, throne, they were like, how does it feel? And he was like, it doesn't feel right. I was like, period. I love that. Uh, but then, you know, as we get into this uh, mid-credit scene, Waller shows up to Black Adam, and she's like, you know, stay in your lane. If you do, I got somebody for you. He's like, who you got for me? And in walks Mr. Henry Cavill as Clark Kent Superman. And I'm so happy for him because that man has been on his hands and knees begging to come back. The fans, Superman. too. The fans too. Everyone. He was like, yeah. he, he, he would not do. He was like, I will quit every job I have if you let me come back and do this movie. And WB was just like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what you want. <laughs> <laughs> and that is wild. You have a an actor who wants to do it, fans who want them to do it, who will throw money at him. And in my opinion, he's is a great Superman. <laughs> and WB. I don't know what you want us to do. <laughs> they, they said, who's going to be in it? <laughs> that is wild. I mean, they say that for most things. You tell them any movie, and they like, whoa, whoa. Who is that? They're like, what's it going to be about? Like, what do you, like, <laughs> we don't know. We can't do this for you. So shout out to, like, The Rock for making that possible for him and getting him back into that groove. And now, apparently, they've greenlit a new Superman movie. Yeah, allegedly there might be some kind of like Man of Steel two thing coming out with with Henry Cavill. So, but again, you can't really trust DC and WB and what they say because they yeah. put out a lot of things. <laughs> and it's all good. You might even film it and then it's still <laughs> pull it away. <laughs> it's just like never mind. And again, they didn't really seem to care too much about Henry Cavill's request in the beginning. Mm-mm. But The Rock said, "Hey." Let's just hope it doesn't take another 12 years. I hope not. I like this new suit, too. 
It's way more it bright. It's good. brighter. It's blue. It looks good. Also loved. I won't lie to you. I really loved the Black Adam finale suit. Not not the cape on it, but like mm. the more the more like yellow gold lightning bolt and the like mm-hmm. brighter gold like adornments on his costume. I really like that a lot more. It was cool. Yeah. Um, overall, this was a it was fun. I didn't think it was terrible. I had a good time. Um, I will definitely be streaming the compilation clips of <laughs> Black Adam using his strength and punching stuff and flying mm-hmm. around. I thought the flight was great. Also, I had noticed his feet only touched the ground twice in this movie. Like everything mm-hmm. he had, he was flying. His feet only touched the ground when he walked in and killed the pharaoh at the beginning. Um, and even after that, he like started flying instantly before he killed him. And at the end of the movie where he relinquished, you know, being Shazam, that was the mm-hmm. only time in the present that his feet ever touched the ground. Speaking of that ending when he like did all that, I will say I hated the way like they did his name. And he was like, oh, stop. Like, I don't need to be touched at him anymore. They were like, well, what are you going to call yourself? And then it went to Black they Adam. <laughs> they it. always do it. Hated it. Hated yeah. it. It reminded me of the Fantastic Four movie, the one with Kamar and Michael B. Jordan. Hated it. Mm-hmm. That's that's one superhero trope thing that I don't really like either. The well, what are we gonna call you? And they talk play into the person and they grin. I don't like, like that. No, that's, <laughs> and then it was because like imagine being the person standing there, like what you pausing for? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could have done without that. I also thought the I don't know the heel turn was random, but I guess he you could kind of explain that he gave up his power being Shazam because he hurt that little boy, Amon, who may have been like a son kind of to him. Hated him, too. Yeah. And I think in the comics, that girl becomes his wife. Like back I was about to say, I think they're both, I think, from the comics. They both get some powers. Mm-hmm. I think he's Captain Marvel Jr., and I think that's Isis. Isis. I, I, I think he was going by Oh, Osiris. Osiris, Osiris yeah. that's right. He was kind of cool. He was nasty. <laughs> we'll see. But I, mm-hmm. I don't like a lot of kid actors, though, so that also tries. Yeah, I didn't think he was that annoying in this. He wasn't too bad, actually. He was better, I wouldn't say that, but he was better than the boy who played a young Aquaman. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) With the contacts. (laughs) Yes. Yes, he was. Dark time. Yeah. Overall, what what would you rate this movie? Out of five? Yes. I give it like a three point eight. Okay. Yeah. It was fun. I had it's a good fun. time. I w- if it comes on, I'll watch it again. Mm-hmm. I love Doctor Fate. I loved all the JSA. How their powers looked. Their fight scenes. I thought they were great. The action throughout the movie was good. Big bombastic action. It's what you'd expect from The Rock to have a good time, to have fun. The acting obviously is not going to be like super, like there for everybody. There were some parts of the story that felt a little bit clunky, but overall, I think it turned out nice, came together. Mm-hmm. Well, I recommend it. Yeah, I it's would give it. It's the renaissance of the DCEU. <laughs> I, I would give it. We'll, we'll see about that. I will give it a, I would give it like a three out of five, a 3.5 out of five, like a 3.25 out of five. <laughs> I had fun. It was fun. I like the action pieces. One thing I really do like about um, DC 
in their universe as far as their adaptations outside of comics <clears throat> is I like when they insert the comics in the universe and say those mm-hmm. are like, um, you know, brand deals and stuff for people. Like I remember in one of the animated movies, um, the Justice League got bills and stuff they got to pay, like electric bills <laughs> and stuff. And um, Batman was like, oh, you know, I can kind of support it. And Wonder Woman was like, you know, Wonder Woman merch is doing pretty good and my comic books are selling. So like I can pull in something. So I think yeah. that's kind of cool. Like in this movie, the comic books were all throughout the yeah. movie. Yeah, posters they all over his wall. Yeah, and all in his backpack with comic books and stuff. So I think that stuff is kind of cool uh, sure. that they just exist as like merchandise for, for the characters. Um, and yeah, I thought the movie was fun. 3.25 out of 5. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, that brings us to the end of the show. Please make sure you rate and subscribe us wherever you get your podcast. Um, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Another Relaunch. You can watch us on YouTube at Another Relaunch TV. Um, you can find me on most social media platforms at UncannyLZ. Keenan, where can they find you? You guys know you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Keenan Lance. As always, there's an underscore at the end. Boom. All right, y'all. Let's get up out of here, and we'll catch y'all next week. Peace. Peace out. Thank you.